Hello and welcome to our Ackerman Center podcast, where we'll explore Holocaust-related topics during the time of our new virtual reality. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Valente, Visiting Assistant Professor of Holocaust Studies at the University of Texas at Dallas. My guest today is Dr. Niels Romer. He is Interim Dean of the University's School of Arts and Humanities, the Stan and Barbara Rabin Professor of Holocaust Studies, and the Director of the Ackerman Center for Holocaust Studies. Hi, Dr. Romer. Hi, Dr. Valente. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. How's your week going? It's been, um, you know, a little quieter week. We are just in the, you know, just in that moment where the one semester is over and the summer is about to begin. And so we've been busy, um, you know, preparing the summer program, but now it's more or less done. And it's, it's interesting because we have record numbers of students enrolling this summer. So Wonderful. We weren't quite sure what to expect. And, you know, everyone in the, the higher education is really worried about the fall admission and enrollment. But the summer looks actually quite good. Oh, How about wonderful. yourself for your week? It's been a, also quite a week, but we're really excited to announce that we have some really exciting things coming up for our podcast. So next week, we will have a special guest. We will be joined by Morgan Blumschneider, who is the director of the Jewish Family and Children's Service Holocaust Center in San Francisco. So this actually came through our Instagram page where they saw our Holocaust podcast and they reached out to us. And so we're really happy to have them come in um, as a guest to our show. Yeah, this is going to be really exciting. And hopefully where there's one, there, there's two. And this might just begin like another part of our podcast where we're going to invite also other people to join us. And then there's, of course, World on Fire. What do you think about it? I mean, I was initially very enthusiastic about the show. Where are we now with our enthusiasm? Well, you know, at this very, this very last episode was definitely super adrenaline-filled, right? I mean, it was the finale, so they had built up all these storylines where we saw a lot of resolutions happening as far as kind of like the romantic lives of people and things of the sort. And, you know, this episode, I think, really came down to this question of choices. What are the choices that people make? Are they afforded to make choices or not? But one thing that we know so much about how this period, the occupation of Poland, that initial moment, September 1939, and um, how this really affected the Jewish community, right? This is something that we study and we know the very real deep effect that it had to the Jewish population. And largely throughout the episodes of this series, we actually saw very, very little, if, if any, you know, indication of what that moment was actually uh, like for that population. In this last episode, we did see this very graphic image finally kind of happen, but I thought it was, there's something no, I, a little I, bit lacking, right? There, there's something really, 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 really lacking. I mean, as of now, Jews, if at all, appear just as part of the general war. So they're kind of within the kind of landscape of violence, the mm -hmm. surface here or there, but one would not know that there's a kind of assault on on Jewish life that had already existed for a couple of years within the German Reich itself. 
and that was part and parcel of the Nazi policy and in, in, in Poland right from the get-go. So that's really a curious omission. I mean, the World on Fire opts to make the euthanasia program a really central mm-hmm. point, uh, which I think is interesting because often we don't talk about the euthanasia quite as much, but it seems to come entirely at the expense of yeah. of the Holocaust. Whereas they actually would have, you know, could have been really nicely connected because many of the individuals behind the euthanasia program will become really instrumental in running the death camps in Poland. But it's it's really omitted. Exactly. And I think we see in the beginning of this episode when the Rosler, you know, the father and son, they're at the funeral and the son kind of has this breakdown and he goes out and Nancy comes to try and comfort him. And there's, you know, this very curious kind of moment where she tells him about the program and he becomes really devastated, you know, that he's part of this fighting for the Nazi cause. And and she says that he has a choice and then he says, you know, no, I don't have a choice or something along these lines, right? So it, for a few episodes now, I think this question of what choice did German people actually have is something that the show keeps entertaining further and further more. I don't know if that's something that you also... No, I think that's an interesting. Um, in, in that exchange, you know, the, the son breaks down and feels utterly guilty because mm-hmm. in a way he finds himself not implicated in, in a process of, of violence that has at one end his own mm-hmm. family now as a casualty. Yeah. But Nancy in many ways actually reassures him no, that he has no choice, that mm-hmm. he has to do what he has to do, that you know, there's no alternative. So one of the things that I you know, appreciate about this you know, constant, like you, you know, rightly said, mm-hmm. this constant return to the question of, of the choices is that it's an ongoing question and, an, mm-hmm. and a constantly open and evolving one. Whereas I think historically, we've always had a fairly simplified sense of this. You know, people came to the fork in, 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 in front of them and then either they were, became villains or they became saints. Exactly. Whereas we have now lots of protagonists who, who sometimes are, 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 have good qualities and sometimes mm-hmm. not so good. And they constantly confront that question of who they will be in that conflict over and over again. And so I think that's, in lots of ways in that respect, quite interesting. Now, you said that this was a kind of adrenaline-powered <laughs> of sorts, but there is like so much drama in this right now, which is right. not the war. It's just, you know, you said romantic life. I mean, that gets like more complicated than a soap <laughs> opera at this point. That I think, you know, it almost in this, and I got a little frustrated with this show, feels as if it, it really gets in the way of, of, you know, us learning more about the war itself and how it affects people. Because with, you know, now a child being born from the other parent and the other father and she falling in love with the, it just, this becomes like three-dimensional chess for complicated <laughs> family relationships, which absorbs a lot of your attention. And then I think it also, there's something else which I think really, pushes your imagination here. And that is, there's a desire to connect the various stories. Mm -hmm. But it really, you know, now we have him deployed behind uh, enemy lines in Poland. Mm -hmm. He waltzes around just a few minutes and boom, boom, there she is. There she is. You think, come on. And on the other side, you have like, you know, they, them like trying to figure out things in England and, Guess who's there? 
So Kasia's brother has made it, you know, mm-hmm. interestingly enough yeah. um, to, to England. And so that's where you really think, okay, now you're on the one side occupying me too much with these complicated love relationships mm-hmm. and the dynamics. And at the same time, you're really stretching here the, the you know, what, what is plausible yes. to an extent that, that it becomes a little overextended in my mind. Yeah, I agree. You know, this is the moment where it really it brings you back to it being a TV show. They're, you know, they need their ratings and all kinds of things, right? But I think on this question about the brother appearing as unplausible as that is, right? But I think it brings back something really interesting, right? This moment where the father, Douglas Bennett, comes to that hospital and there's this whole conversation that he had also been a patient there at the psychiatric unit, right? And so I think... And this is something I believe we mentioned last time in our last episode, the memory of the First World War and what kind of role did that actually play during the Second World War? We see something quite interesting, which is that connection between the two world wars and what a huge impact actually one had on the other as far as the people who were, you know, completely destroyed by the First World War, Um, even if they returned, you know, in their bodies, but their minds were completely shattered. Um, no, that's you know a really interesting point. But it's as far as the the TV show has it, it's more elaborated on the British side. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know often it's it's something that is, is used in particular to understand who was attracted to the Nazis and who was attracted to the Third Reich and who was you know enthusiastic about the war and mm-hmm. and there it often turns out that it's that generation that actually had was too young to have been in the first war. So mm-hmm. roughly, let's say the ones that were born around 1900, they mm-hmm. would have been 14 years old. So they were too young, but they had to live with the trauma of their parents and their uncles. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, on a biographical perspective, it seems as if their enrollment then in the army and their, their right, participation a, mm-hmm. is almost trying to you know, return and, and to redeem mm-hmm. whatever casualties of suffering their respective fathers or uncles or older mm-hmm. brothers may have endured that but this is more from the german side that their mm-hmm. whatever sacrifices quote unquote that had been made were not in vain so i think that's an interesting one that it even on the british side it's the father who is wary of war and of its consequences mm-hmm. and it's the son who initially almost quite casually in a stands up defiance and rolls mm-hmm. in the british uh naval forces so um in that respect i think it's it's interesting how that memory is is very much part Part, of that generation generation definitely and then another thing that i thought was interesting was we learned more about nancy's past and i think this was kind of an unexpected direction i really was kind of taken back i was not expecting it to go that route but again we see you know, she retells this awful experience that she had as a woman correspondent in a different conflict, making up her mind to keep going. She, she makes this very rational decision, mm-hmm. you know, as a woman, she has to keep going. She has to forget what happened. Then we see her in this very difficult situation where the Nazi overseer Schmidt is, you know, having these sexual advances towards her and trying to, to essentially bribe her. And so how long do you think this kind of immunity that up until now she has quite experienced for being an American in Berlin, 
How long more do you think she will be able to stand for this? No, I think you know she lives increasingly on borrowed time,、mm-hmm. um, and I think, in, not just because of the lack of security as a woman and as an American, but also the, the very sense of they're in the midst of this conflict, someone independently, you know, transmitting to an audience thousands of miles away, and at the same time putting her own self at risk. Mm-hmm. It just becomes, I think, more and more problematic. I think what's interesting also about that episode is that she is surprised about his, you know, very forceful advances,、mm-hmm. and it, it's in in certain ways also another indication that here here is someone else who is slipping even further in terms of you know now feeling even further empowered、um, to do things that maybe you know that's what she seems to suggest. He would not have dared to do or ask,、mm-hmm. you know, to do a couple of months ago. But now he's not any longer in Berlin.、Mm-hmm. He's、um, part of the occupying、uh, Wehrmacht in, in Paris,、mm-hmm. and therefore he is removed from any normal、mm-hmm. societal context, and therefore becomes much more emboldened and, and more daring, and, and shifts in that respect. I think also as well. But at the end of the of the episode, it's、um, it's a big cliffhanger, right? That's where we left. That's yeah, and, understatement, you know. <laughs> and well, and it's kind of a curious moment because you've just supposedly just kind of come around to thinking about him. Okay, maybe he's a little bit terrible when it comes to his private life,、uh, and and but here he's now clearly asserting himself as a quite heroic figure, right?、Mm-hmm. But then you think, how on earth did he end up that far ahead of her, right? <laughs> I know, leaving her behind. Yes, yes, yes. No, but it's a very curious ending, right? Where she's kind of literally caught between finding her way to safety, as well. I mean, she's equidistant, you know, from safety and from being、right. completely taken by the Nazis. So it's you know kind of the perfect cliffhanger. And we know that there is a second season coming at some point in the near future. We don't know exactly when. But it will be really interesting to see, you know, how this show develops in the future. It has been a really fun time、um, watching it、uh, and discussing it this past seven weeks. You know, they kind of flew by,、mm-hmm. um, and it's been exciting. I think it's been a really exciting undertaking for us with this podcast, where we, you know, try to bring more of the historical background to these discussions and, and to bring a little bit more context. And I've really enjoyed it. So thank you for same here. Thank you for being here. No, I very much enjoyed it, and、uh, I look forward to more of this. I think it's it's an also an interesting process while we live in front of our own screens and、um, still a little bit isolated. This is a good way to stay connected and be in conversations. So we have big highlights coming up. One of them, our very special guest,、mm-hmm. uh, coming up this week, and then、uh, hopefully more surprises to come. Definitely. So stay tuned. We have very exciting news coming also this summer. So thank you guys for listening, and thank you, Dr. Romer, for being here. Thank you again for having me. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/forward/slash/ackermancenter, or on our website at utdallas.edu/forward/slash/ackerman. Until next Sunday. Today's episode was produced, edited, and engineered by Sarah Valente.